cut the crest presents the screening room. MCM Comic Con came to the London Excel Centre on the weekend of the 26th of October a show packed with amazing guests, one of whom was my wife, Artie Shah, signing for her various characters. So I was meant to be on baby duty, daddy daycare as she calls it. The kid tends to learn some swear words when he's under my care, unfortunately. Not on purpose, mind, it's it's all an accident. So I decided to take the boy to the show instead. He had a great time, this was his second visit to MCM, Uh, the first time last May. Uh, he caught the attention of Kevin Conroy, Batman, in the 90s animated series, and this time Tony Todd, Candyman himself. Uh, quite fitting for Halloween weekend, I think. Anyway, while I was meant to be looking after the baby, I simply couldn't resist the urge to chat to some of the guests attending. With various random people now looking after the baby, I went off to record this special MCM edition episode of The Screening Room. First up is a brief interview with some indie comic talent. Ziki Nelson and Hamid. They brought their indie graphic novels, the Kugali Anthology, to the show. What struck me about this series of books was that it dealt with Africa and African culture. It was quite different to anything I'd ever seen before. The artwork is amazing and there are links on where to find these guys on the site and Facebook page, etc. The second piece is with Frank D. Rich of Star Wars Autograph News, who'd flown in from Boston especially for the show. I've known Frank via social media now for a couple of years, so it was nice to finally chat to him in person. And it was really nice to just sit and shoot the breeze over Star Wars, what it means to us, what we think of fandom now, and our personal encounters with the late great Carrie Fisher, among other things. Next up, I jump into a quick chat with goal leader himself, Angus McInnes, after which I chat with Comic-Con newbies Attila Vajda and Ross Sambridge, Sagwa from Solo, A Star Wars Story, and one of the Snoke body doubles from The Last Jedi, respectively. And as a bonus, I recorded a follow-up with Ross to really get stuck into Snoke, uh, his experiences on the set of Last Jedi. And, you know, regardless of what you think of that film, there's no denying that that throne room scene and Snoke himself were pretty impressive. Enjoy. So I'm at MCM uh, Comic Con here with some indie comics creators. We've got an interesting... Uh, take on their work that is basically based on African culture, influenced by African culture. So I'm here with the writer. Yes. Ziki. Hi, my name is Ziki. Hi, Ziki. Uh, Hamid. 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 What did you do? Uh, I'm in the augmented reality and animation side of things. All oh, right. Okay. I think you. Vague, uh, I vaguely remember you talking about this yesterday. So Ziki, um, tell us about the work because as the writer, it's your brainchild partially, right? Sure. So I, from a very young age, I always knew I wanted to tell stories, uh, particularly for comics. And when I was thinking of how to do something that would actually bring something new to the table instead of regurgitating things that have been done before, it seemed natural to me to look to my African heritage to tell uh, new stories. And so it took a really long time. I think the seed was planted in my head in 2012. But around 2015, 2016, um, I had the idea to start a comic book uh, company project that only looks at works inspired by African culture and uh, heritage and I reached out to other people who were doing the same thing and I was like let's team up together because if we uh, pull our fans and our resources together then maybe we can actually make some inroads. Wow that's amazing so just to yeah just to let everybody whoever's listening to this uh, know so the book is called Kugali it's the Kugali anthology uh, and it's a series of graphic novels Um, are they they're set in Kenya right? So they actually set in different parts of the continent so in one of the anthologies, we've got artists from Kenya, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, and Senegal. And I mean, some of the stories are set in specific countries. So we have one story set in Zimbabwe, one story set in Morocco, but some of them are in, just set in sort of fictional worlds. So there's one set in like the far, far future. And the only thing African about it is the fact that the characters dress in traditional African attire, albeit augmented with technology. And then in one of them is set in the past. Uh, so obviously the African countries of the past don't resemble the African countries we see today. Hamid, I'm going to come over to you. Uh, so you do animation. So to tell me, obviously, there's, this whole project is multifaceted, yeah? yeah. So, um, yeah, okay, explain, because I don't understand. I'm dumb, dumb. 
So at the moment, what we're trying to do is we're trying to because we don't just want to because most if you look at most companies, they tend to just follow. For example, so they'll start a comic book company. They'll want to do everything Marvel is doing, kind of thing. Just kind of following the footsteps. We like to look different. We like to look on the side. We like to develop something new. So there's this technology coming out right now. Augmented reality is more is possible right now. So easily possible right now. It's not expensive to do it. You can run it on your phone right now. Oh, right. So we said to try and have that. So what we're trying to do is we try and have augmented reality on all our comic books at some point. So the whole idea is instead of reading the comic book, you reach at a point and when you're flipping through the pages, you're actually watching the comic book play in front of you. So imagine a fight scene and you're banging in the middle of it. And somebody's jumping down with a kick from the top of the page. Somebody's sliding at the bottom of the page. So it brings a yeah. whole new level of engagement. Of, of, yeah. like of, of, of engagement. Bloody hell, that's amazing. You, are you sure you want to be telling me this because this sounds like a really unique idea right you're gonna get people like ripping you off and shit ah they can try (laughs) (laughs) they can try it's hard to pull off yeah it's really hard to pull off so we're doing quite well at the moment it's coming on is it okay yes for someone to pull it off it has to be somebody really expensive and otherwise even if they rip us off they would have to rip us off in the future if somebody is quite small ah we gotta find them man i'm gonna i'm gonna pack you up mate i'll pack you up yeah Yeah. i'm small but feisty yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so is that tech in these books? Is it in any of these ones? Not yet on these ones, but currently today in the Comic Con we had people take pictures with our characters. Oh, okay. But we were using Snapchat because most people have Snapchat on their phone. Okay. So our characters were there, they would take poses, take pictures, appears, some really fun ones. Okay. And we were, we were going to have some more stuff in this con, yeah. but some things did not get delivered in time. Right. So if the next con we're going to be in, we're going to have, for example, our shirts. Okay. We'll be able to augment it to armor. Like oh, I'm cool. inspired from actual comic books, yeah. and on top of these books, on top of the covers, our characters will be able to stand on top of the covers. Oh, so okay. when you look at the book through the app, you see the characters there. Yeah, you saw, yeah, you know yeah. the characters were there. They're that doing some cool. funny things. And I have this weird idea: is when you bring the two books close to each other, the characters from the Rocky edition of the comic book scare some of the characters who are in the regular edition. Fucking hell, man! Yeah. This is like a bit more advanced than like uh, the stuff I've seen so far, which is like a still thing, or it's like an image of the Death Star spinning around, or. This is a lot more involved. Full yeah? animation, full oh, interactivity, man. and etc. Okay. Yes. I think I'm the only geezer who's not on freaking Snapchat. But uh, yeah, okay, that's wicked, man. Um, right, so I'm going to go back to Ziki real quick. Cause I have to bounce back and forth. I haven't got my lav mics with me. So it's just got this one little thing. I look like a TV reporter. Uh, Ziki, incidentally, bears a striking resemblance to Donald Glover. Are you sure you're not Donald Glover just in disguise? Uh, I'm a little taller, different accent, uh, slightly shorter hair, so I, I think so, anyway. But you're that, you know, Donald Glover's that good an actor that I reckon he could pull this off, even the height thing. But if I was Donald Glover, I wouldn't admit it, would I? Uh, there stay. you go. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so um, t- let's talk a bit more about these books, actually, because there's some amazing stuff here, and you've got, you've got some incredible prints, but we'll come over to the prints in a minute, because there's a lot of Black Panther stuff right now. Uh, that's out, you know, it's big right now, and you've got some wicked Black Panther pin- prints. But let's talk about these books. So there's like, how many uh, graphic novels have you got? You've got four. Is that right? Yeah, so in the regular edition of our comic anthology, we've got four different comics. Uh, the first one's Mumujuju, which is a fantasy comic inspired by Nigerian folklore. The second one is Razorman, which is a superhero comic, but it's very much inspired by modern day politics in Zimbabwe. The third one is a sci-fi comic set in Morocco, a thousand years into the future, under a Jovan sun. And then finally, we have Undo, which is a Senegalese fairy tale about a djinn. Oh, okay. Nice. That, that's, um, so you've got to just basically collect them all, as they used to say. Um, where do we go now? Other than me buying one of them, which I need to do. So, okay, let's just talk about um, pop culture at the moment and um, how did, or whether any of it affected you guys at all in what you're doing. Because you, you said... I hope you said it on mic. You mentioned you started this back in 2012, right? So, okay, um, obviously way before the Black Panther film was out, even though there was already a whole bunch of sort of uh, Hollywood films that sort of explored African culture already. You had that, uh, was it Bruce Leroy? What was it? Uh, Not Way of the Dragon. What was that film called back in the 70s? What was it called? What last Dragon, The oh, Last right. Dragon. Okay, Do you remember yeah. that film? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I mean, that okay, film. that was more American, Harlem, yeah. all that stuff. But um, how has this sort of things like Black Panther and this resurgence like Luke Cage and all that, most of it's sort of Marvel stuff, actually. Um, has any of that affected what you guys have been working on? Did it steer you in any way? Even though you're already on your path to making this stuff a reality, did it, did it change anything? 
it didn't change us per se, it changed people, so it said people to kind of look at this stuff a lot more. So before you didn't really, somebody would not look at it and would think it would be cool, they'll look at it and be like, oh, that's something interesting. But right now it's something, oh, that's interesting and cool kind of thing. So yeah. it kind of gave people that extra lens to look at it in. Okay. That's how I'd say that, yeah. So th this hasn't happened to us in particular, but I have a friend who makes uh, comic books and he also makes comics that feature mainly black characters. And he, there was actually a Hollywood studio, I can't say who they are, they had an option to his film and they'd been holding the option for like 10 years and every year they renew the option, but they wouldn't do anything with it. And then about two or three weeks after Black Panther came uh, came out, they called him and they were like, how do you feel about Idris Elba playing your character? Oh my God, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Jeez, you got to tell me what that is afterwards, yeah? <laughs> yeah uh, we won't get it on. Uh, record just yet until it's official that's amazing oh my god and Idris Elba of all people oh god yeah that's incredible so like not only am I uh, yeah no I don't know where I was going to go with that thought so let's forget that okay so guys um, to wrap up where can people find you and your work so our social media handle is at Kugali Media, that's K-U-G-A-L-I Media. And people can also go to Kugali.com as well to find out more about what we're trying to do with this project. Fantastic. Uh, Hamid, thank you so much. Your augmented reality thingy sounds absolutely ridiculously amazing. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And Ziki, thank you so much for talking to us. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I'm here with uh, Frank D. Rich of Star Wars Autograph News. Uh, we're going to freestyle some stuff about Star Wars, man, because, well, we like it. We like it a lot. What's better than talking about Star Wars? Nothing, right? Nothing, Nothing. else Nothing. compares, except for maybe children and babies and families. Okay, maybe. that's right, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks. Oh, maybe. Is that one of your favorites? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a convert. Um, Dude, okay, so thanks for flying all the way over from the United States of America just to see me. I feel so special. Well, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't miss the chance to meet you in person. I know, I'm so special. <laughs> oh. uh, no, I'm joking. Um, let's chat Star Wars, man. Let's not, uh, yeah, let's not waste any time. Um, we were chatting yesterday, and you said something really interesting uh, about Episode 8. So we were just chatting about Episode yeah. 8, yeah? So let's just recap a little bit on that because I need to get it on tape. Um, it's been obviously quite divisive. That's probably an understatement. It, yeah, an understatement for sure. Yeah. Um, um, but I can see why. It, it's, yeah. it's for good reason. Okay. So tell me, tell me about your opinion on it. Okay. Right now, I've come to the point where I enjoy the film very much. Yeah. For, for a few... Um, Mostly for the story acts of Luke, yeah. Poe, and Finn. Finn. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, where the first, so every time a, a new film's been introduced, opening night, I, I get two tickets. I see it at 7 o'clock, the first show, oh, and then wow. again at 11, 12, whatever it is. Yeah. And I remember that first time watching it was the first time I left the Star Wars film thinking, I don't. I have to wrap my mind around this. I, it, mm. There's a lot in here that didn't feel Star Wars to me. Yeah. But let's see it again. Yeah, yeah. It took several times to watch it, but I've come to the point that I love Luke's death. I thought right. Luke, I, I feel that Luke has a wonderful death. Yeah. And a good death is important because his death. Th there's so much that that character goes through just in the Last Jedi. But if we look at Luke from the farm boy. Yeah, the 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 young the young boy watching Obi Wan yeah. sacrifice himself yeah. so that he and his friends could escape the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here he is in that same position. Yeah. And ultimately, Luke has to be a Force ghost. Oh, his gosh, character yeah, yeah. deserves to be a Force ghost. Yeah, yeah. Right. He, it needs to happen. Yeah. And there's no in Star Wars and other parts of life. There's there's nothing more enriching than a character giving themselves sacrificing themselves yeah. for the good of their friends and uh, Luke did that so it, it wasn't in, you know I, I've loved Star Wars I, I was five years old when the first movie came out okay. I've been a fan since that day did you see it in the cinema? yes I did oh yeah. lucky I was born I think yeah almost five months before it came out 
Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I missed that bit. Yeah. I missed My parents that. brought me, but, you know, and I, I'm, I love Star Wars, and, mm. you know, I enjoy the prequels, and I'm as far away from my haters as you can get, but I, can, but I am objective as well. Yeah. It helps me to see everything as, even though the films are released individually, yeah. you look at the whole, Star Wars is the whole body of work, yeah. including the animated series, the sequels, the prequels, yeah. everything. Yeah. When you look at it as one big story, yeah. you don't get caught up in the little mistakes and the little no, things. No, you don't, right? I mean, because no. those things, those little issues, they are there, even in the wholly original trilogy oh, yeah. you know you know it's all uh, over the place but I, yeah my, my biggest so the, the biggest thing for me that gets me when i see it is yeah. when obi-wan calls in the in the in the duel with darth vader in a new hope yeah um calls him darth yeah he does he's like uh, uh, that's a script that's a that's a real life mistake from yeah. the script you yeah because they thought that was his first name right, right they didn't right. think it was a title so I, I i'll get stuck on that but at the same yeah. time the entire Clone Wars, cartoons, books, everything, mm. come, if you look at it, there's one look that Alice Guinness gives in his performance yeah. when he talks about the Clone Wars. And it's yeah. a look that says, there's a lot more of this story that I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that look. Yeah. In front, for me, from that look, you get all the Clone yeah. Wars. You get this rich story from that one look that he gives that yeah. I'm not, look, I'm not telling you everything of, you know, yeah, yeah, you get yeah, a small yeah. picture. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Much more than the you know. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that and that's, you got to remember, you know, I think maybe there are, there is a, um, I don't know, what, a subset of fandom that seems to think that everything, particularly in the original trilogy and, you know, in, in the prequels, uh, that everything was laid out, you know, from beginning to end forgetting that that is not how the creative process works you can have a, a framework you can have an armature of something but then you're still fleshing things out as you go along and you know obviously it's obvious now once you've seen the uh, uh, prequels that in the original films Lucas didn't have everything down to a T Vader was meant to be just like the villain of the week which then right. Lucas got to do in episodes one two and three and I think it it worked right it did work yeah. But for a lot of for a lot of us, not just my generation of yeah. you know first generation fans, yeah, we like to think that some spiritual being handed the Journal of the Wills to George <laughs> yeah, Lucas, yeah. and it's all in there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And we like to close our eyes and just pretend that's the whole story exists somewhere. Yeah. And when real life and you know there's a writer that have to do rewrites in certain yeah, films yeah. and reshoot certain things. Yeah. It's like la 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 la. I thought there's a journal of the wills that explains all of this. Yeah. But yeah, it's so you do get people that, you know. Yeah. It, it can be tough when there's yeah. you know. Anyway, yeah, especially when they don't necessarily understand the actual creative process. If you're not from a creative background, yeah, maybe there is there's a learning curve there, right? right. Um, it's interesting with the sequels because that it's evident to me that that full arc isn't there you know for the first time you know it's a little bit more it's more fluid and they're sort of as mark hamill said it's kind of like that passing of the baton right yes. so they get one filmmaker gives the baton to the other guy he sets it up and then he gives it to the next right. guy and then the next yeah. guy's got to do his thing and then the next person's got to do their thing and, and so on and so forth i think kathy kennedy said early on in the sale or when they would start to really talk yeah, about yeah. seven eight nine this is setting up the next generation of characters. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I I knew that the characters I, the characters that I loved would be there, Luke, Leia, yeah. Han. I expected especially Luke yeah. that he would have that he that they might not survive. You're right, okay. Because you know, I, I mentioned earlier about Luke's immense journey that yeah. he's gone through, even just in the last Jedi, but but of course all the films yeah yeah but if you look just at the sequel trilogy luke has to be raised obi-wan yeah so just if we look at we know that the passing but the, the baton like you said yeah from ray is that is that, geez, you know yeah. luke's not the last jedi we know but ray yeah. is he has to be her obi-wan and yeah that, and obi-wan's not the main character in yeah. the original trilogy yeah uh so, so yeah, yeah it's the passing it, of you know. yeah it's cycl yeah it's cyclical so it's it's not only just happening in real life with the filmmakers but yeah in terms of the story it's and it has to right i mean these guys are you know they're getting on and uh right and they need to be there because no i, I kind of feel like people wouldn't necessarily accept 
Star Wars sequel trilogy without having those characters. And actually, part of me does think that uh, Lucasfilm were kind of damned if they did and damned if they didn't, because yep. if they included Han, Luke, and Leia and all the legacy characters as just like these bit part cameos, you just pop along and say, oh, hi, everybody, oh, here's a gun, or, you know, yeah, tell a little story, then disappear again and let the new characters carry on, that wouldn't be enough. No. You make them central sort of characters who are pushing the story along, which they are, yeah? yeah. Even in a supporting role, even that doesn't seem to be enough. But I think, you know, maybe they'll they'll age with time, let people sit with the films, let them sit with what these new arcs are. And actually, the Luke character, I, I don't get, I don't 100% understand uh, where people are saying, oh, it's not Luke. I understand that he wouldn't give up, right? But his sort of, that third act sacrifice, that what he does, that is absolutely Luke Skywalker. That is 100% Luke Skywalker, no? I feel Star Wars fans, and this is sometimes good, sometimes bad, yeah. are extremely loyal. Mm. Some are loyal to George Lucas, many are very much loyal to Mark Hamill and anything yeah. he says. Mark Hamill did say something that he felt yeah. this, when he, it, it was just a quote saying, I didn't, either he didn't understand the direction or he didn't yeah. feel the direction that they took with Luke was, matching with yeah. his understanding of the character. Yeah. And when fans hear that, they're gonna let you Luke is saying that this isn't right, yeah. they're gonna go in with a predisposition of, yeah. you know, I think that plays a lot of it. Because yeah. uh, fans, the autograph collectors that are coming here that you're seeing day in and day yeah. out, a lot of them are very, very loyal to those characters yeah. and those actors. So I think that did play a, a part in it. Yeah. Um, but you gotta see, you know, when Luke comes into, that's why, the ending of The Force Awakens and the beginning of Last Jedi, it, it really sets up that Luke's in a very different place than we saw him at the yeah. end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. He's in a very dark place. Yeah. When we first meet him, he's a young boy. He's got, you know, I'm going to take on the world and, yeah. and everything, save the galaxy. Yeah, wet behind the ears and all that. Yeah, he gets the lightsaber from, you know, Obi-Wan yeah. passes the, that lightsaber to him. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, it's his whole world changes, yeah. and now it's Ray hands that lightsaber to him, yeah. and he throws it over his shoulder. Yeah. This is Luke is in a different place, but he's still Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's ultimately going to be yeah. the Luke we want him to be. Yeah. And you know, he you, at the end you have those little the children playing with the toys. Yeah, he's yeah. become. You know, they, they talked about. Ray says, I think you know, does the the galaxy needs a legend or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, the myth. The, you know, they needed the the legend of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And we see those kids at the end, and the kid with the ring, yeah, and yeah. the broom boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that Luke's, Luke yeah. has become bigger, you know, more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, not, as everyone said. Not just he just carried on his spirit, but yeah. the myth of Luke Skywalker has become so powerful. And yeah. that I look forward to a nine. You know? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do with that. Um, I find it interesting that they, that Lucas, they being Lucasfilm, actually even... You know, announced that Mark Hamill is there, right? Like, yeah. th I thought that was an interesting move. Like, why would you, why would you do that? Because that's the kind of thing that you'd perhaps want to keep a secret. You'd want to keep it under wraps. Is there going to be some kind of big reveal? Yeah. Or do you think they're kind of saying, oh no, no, no? I know you're all a bit upset about Luke dying at the end of eight, but you know he's back, so maybe he's I, not dead. I agree with that. I would also add on that yeah. Han Solo's gone, yeah. and of course Carrie Fisher's passed. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Announced, I think there's a few things that announcing Mark and Billy D. Williams that yeah, announced yeah. that yeah. Carrie's unavoidable. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford dying, we know that that's outside of the galaxy, the Star Wars world that Harrison yeah. Ford always felt. Han yeah. Solo had to sacrifice himself for the yeah. for his friends, and again, yeah. sacrifice comes up. So him getting that death, a lot of people were like, yes. Yeah. Harrison got what he wanted or he wanted him to be happy yeah. and yeah, yeah. the fact you know you said if they came back and they had very small pots it wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been happy but no. we forget that the fact that this is even happening that we're seeing Luke our Luke Skywalker yeah. our Carrie Fisher Princess Leia Han yeah. Solo yeah. Chewbacca it, that we're seeing them again so yeah. many years after the film the original trilogy came out yeah, they're yeah. back they're vital parts of the story yeah. is it's a blessing. It's, it's we sh we can't take it for granted. No. And I think a lot of people do. When you see, when we, I'm sure you hear the term 
toxic fandom. I hear it every day. Toxic fandom. Star Wars yeah. fans are unhealthy, and they say, you know, yeah, we yeah. have, we had another chance to see. For me, yeah. playing Luke Skywalker when I was a little kid, and all the Kenner figures, and yeah, yeah. outside with sticks, pretending it was a lightsaber. Yeah. As an adult, I mean, I've never lost my fandom. It yeah. kind of wavered between yeah. after Return of the Jedi yeah. and the Thrawn trilogy came out. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have my Falcon that I always kept okay. with me through college and everything. But right to see them again on the big screen, and we're getting all these films one every yeah. two years, every year. Yeah, that's you can't take this for granted. It's massive. It's, it's just, yeah. we're complaining and we're fighting and division yeah. over something that should be pure enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. Object. I mean, there's no way to say this is by this is. There's a rubric that says this is a great Star Wars film. Yeah. This is not. It's all subjective. If you don't like yeah. it, you're right. If you like it, you're right. It yeah. But that people can't see or value another person watching the film and saying, I yeah, enjoy this. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You like, you know. Yeah, it's a little immature, right? I mean, it's, the, the, it's interesting. Yeah, you, you're talking about subjectivity. Yes, absolutely, because um, story is always going to be subjective. Some things right. are going to resonate with people, some things aren't. Um, at the same time, yes, there is an objective method of filmmaking. There, there filmmaking, are things yeah. that you do correctly. There are some things that you do that aren't right. But I don't feel that these are bad films at all. It's, uh, I don't know, I mean... For, for me, the bad... So, yeah. Attack of the Clones is my least favorite. Okay, uh, And this would be like Why? saying you you have five kids and you know, yeah, all yeah, your favorites. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love all the films. Yeah. But when you talk about filmmaking, yeah. Attack of the Clones, I feel there's some scenes, especially the, the Jedi fighting scenes in Geonosis, yeah. that I feel like I'm looking at green screen and yeah. I can see the actors responding to green screen. To, yeah, to and, nothingness. It's that, evident. Yes. And that, to yeah. me, takes me out of Star Wars. Yeah. Because Star Wars, I think, if it had come out 100 years ago, 300 years ago, if yeah. it was drawn on a cave wall, it's just this is, the time it came out, yeah. this was the medium. Yeah. It was film. There's a time it would have been books. Yeah. People just telling oral stories, drawn on a cave wall. It, that story is universal. Yeah. It's ageless. You can, you know, it just, it happens to be film. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it wasn't, it would be, you know, it could be Something the Iliad, else. it could be Odyssey, yeah. it's, it's that type of story. Yeah, it is. Um, but, so, when I'm taken out of the film, because now I'm taken out of the story, yeah. I'm not just immersed in that world, I'm like, yeah. I'm seeing the acting, I don't want to see the acting, I, it's, yeah. I know it's a film, but inside it's much more than that. Yeah. That's when I get, like you okay. said, good, good filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, Attack, of the, Attack of the Clones. One of my favorite shots in all the films is in that in the beginning when the ship, the Naboo ship lands and, and it explodes. Yeah, yeah, it comes yeah, yeah. through, it spins. Yeah. But that explosion when it lands from on the platform, yeah. I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah, I, thought it was, yeah. I was like, wow. That whole Star opening. Do this. I love, I love the, yeah, the the, the, the ship's sort of uh, descent, right? Yeah. I just love how it spins. It's almost like the camera's um, turning around in it, and you realize, oh, it's coming in from the underside of the planet. So it's like the first time real world sort of physics or possibilities yeah. I was like okay I actually quite like Attack of the Clones the the thing that took me out of it at the time because I don't necessarily notice all the detail when I'm seeing these things straight away right um, so I didn't pick up on the arena stuff where some of the guys just look like they're not anywhere near it like I never saw in Return of the Jedi I never saw Luke kicking uh, that guy off the skiff and being like his foot being a foot away from the dude's oh, head yeah, yeah. Like, only now do I see right. that. It never registered. Um, the thing in Attack of the Clones that did make me shake my head was um, Yoda's screams. Like, uh, not his screams, but his... Uh, and then yeah. he, all that effort that he puts in when he has that fight with Dooku. I was like, this is ridiculous. But um, it was stupid things like that, yeah. right? Like, I was... Uh, I think the only thing that really upset me about Last Jedi, there was a little... Um, a, not a pacing thing, but there was a sort of timeline thing where I got a little confused. Um way they were cutting back and forth between Arcto and what was happening on the ship I couldn't tell you exactly oh, so it's probably yeah. not worth me talking about it but I thought like there's not enough time has passed here for this to be happening and yeah there was something like that but um in Last Jedi uh what was it that took me out oh god I've forgotten now Jesus I've lost my train of thought there was oh it was a flashback thing it, even Leia Poppins didn't bother me too much I thought they could have shot that a little bit differently I personally if I was making it I would have gone wide 
for the whole thing. I wouldn't yeah. have gone up tight, up close. Um, I would have just stayed wide. So you just see her floating back and you think, yeah, wow, okay, she's using force powers. Yeah. But uh, I thought flashbacks in saga films, uh, because it was breaking that Star Wars mold, that sort of chucked me out a bit. I was like, no, what stuff? Flashbacks? We've never had that before. Yeah. Couldn't you have just waited? Because like, I was very accepting of it in Rogue One. When I saw Rogue One, I thought the opening is different. Um, you know, oh, okay, now they're introducing flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, that works. Keep yeah. it in those films. But then I saw it in this thing. I was like, because oh. it, it wasn't a force vision. It no, was a flashback. Like it was a genuine sort of flashback. It wasn't like, like, even if Luke, say, perhaps put his, no, but he was disconnected from before, so it wouldn't have worked. Right. If he put his fingers to her temples and she saw it, yeah. right? That kind of keeps it in that law, but he was disconnected, so that wouldn't have worked either. Right. See, this is tricky. I'm glad I'm not writing one of these films, man. Right. It's hard. It's yeah. hard oh, work. Yeah. The pressure. It, it, to, to be, you know, to, you think you hear about when they announced uh, J.J. Abrams, yeah. like, not wanting to initially do it. And he's a fan of Star Wars. Yeah, like, exactly. This is going to, it's, it's yeah. a blessing and a curse, you yeah. know? Uh, not enough, I think, is said about in The Last Jedi yeah. that the scene where Hondo, uh, not Hondo, um, she flies. She puts the oh, ship at the light speed and flies through Snoke's yeah, ship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I saw it happen. I saw that she starts to spin the ship around where she is. Yeah. And my friend next to me, I hit him so hard he probably still has a bruise. She's gonna go into light speed. And he knew it. I knew it. I oh, you smacked. knew it. Yeah. I, yeah, I okay. saw. I could see. I was like, she's gonna. She's gonna. Use, she's smack. gonna jump straight through. And I was, And she. When she did it, I thought that was. Yeah. It's not anything we've seen in Star Wars before, no. but I. I loved it. The way they executed that. Oh. I mean, I'll tell you what, it reminded me straight away of, we're going to go back to your least favorite Star Wars film, Attack yep. of the Clones, when um, uh, the Django Obi-Wan chased through the asteroid field. Yeah. And uh, when they release those detonators and they they blast through those yeah. um, asteroids. I'll tell you what, audio, like Sonic, that was amazing. Yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. When I saw that, and it just goes quiet, and then you hear that yeah. boing. And then, like a few beats later, all the inside of the cockpit, you can hear all that stuff going. I thought, wow, this is incredible. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same sort of yeah. uh, feeling and experience when I saw that thing go through light speed. This is a great behind-the-scenes video or talk yeah. about that scene you're talking about with the seismic. Oh uh, yeah, the seismic charges. Yeah, it was something. I don't remember it exactly, but it was something about they wanted to get the guitar in. They, they, they used a guitar on that. Oh, and, did they? And it was I didn't yeah. Know that. If I, I see it, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, please. Because it's. Uh, it was very interesting to, you know, yeah, they were yeah. so excited that they got to work the guitar into that scene. Yeah, but. incredible. Actually, and that's not the first instance of the guitar then, or electronic instruments. John Williams used the guitar in uh, during that Curaçao chase at the beginning. There's a little sort of oh, melody yeah. that he plays during that sort of, that music, you know, yeah. that really high-paced gumshoe music stuff. Um, the light speed thing, okay. Yeah, as beautiful as it was, uh, I was listening to something recently where they talked about that being the one thing that flips all of the other Star Wars films on its head. I want to get I your opinion yeah, on this. Yeah, but I don't remember exactly. Okay, so all, all they said was that if this is possible, then, for example, when the rebels are going uh, at the Battle of Yavin, why did they not just man a ship that's got light speed capabilities with a droid and bosh it straight through the Death Star. In Force Awakens, uh, Han Solo says that the only way they can get through the Starkiller base of shields is through light speed, so they did that. Again, why did they not just send a ship through? Now, what I generally don't know, this, this conflicted me. I was like, no, stop ruining Star Wars for me, you people with logic. What yeah. do you think about that? For, nobody can ruin Star Wars for me. No, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's because people have their opinions. Yeah. We were talking about that before. Yeah. And yeah. we talk about objective, subjective. Yeah. I see when somebody's telling me that their opinion of Star Wars, I respect it, but it's so different than if they told me their favorite food, vegetables, broccoli. Yeah, yeah. There's no difference. So yeah. I love broccoli. And if you yeah. don't like broccoli, you're wrong. Like, yeah. There's no difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. that's where I come from. Nobody can ever take away no, sure. any love of Star Wars for me. Um, same, same, yeah. This is what I said when I faced this before. Oh, you have, fa okay, I have faced right, it before. Okay, right. I just cool. couldn't remember the exact. Um, what if it's the first time that's ever happened in the yeah. galaxy? Yeah. And we have real-world examples of people using things that we use every day yeah. in ways that they weren't intended. 
Yeah, and there okay. was a first time that happened. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If we read between the lines, yeah. nobody thought that was possible before it happened. Yeah. Maybe it's the same thing with Hondo. Uh, not, uh, is that her name, Hondo? Haldo. Haldo, thank you. Very close. Hondo right? is the, like, uh, the Jim Cummings from yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Haldo. Yeah. Maybe it's the first time it happened. Yeah. I don't, you know, we don't know. Um, which would just add to the fact, it would just add to her genius. It would yeah. add for her the desperation of the moment she was in. Yeah. She was looking at, when she's looking at those pods yeah. going towards the planet, that's it for the resistance. There is yeah. no more. Yeah, if yeah. every one of those ships is, is shot down, it's over. Yeah. She's in the most desperate of places because yeah. she's helpless. She's there and they're getting picked off one by one. Yeah. Leia's in there. Yeah. The future of, if they're gone, that's it. Yeah. I forget Full how many stop. ships there are left. Like less than 20. Yeah, you know, something yeah, like yeah. That. I think 12 rings a bell. I don't yeah. know what, yeah. So that you know that thing with crisis creating heroes and yeah. maybe she in that moment she something clicked and this is yeah, yeah. all I can do and that could be the first time that's happened yeah. and then it wouldn't have mattered in the you know also the rebellion wow we talk about it like it's real right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, in a certain in way, a way it, it is, is, is. Right? Yeah. The rebe you, what we see in Leia when, when Finn is the take out in the beginning of the, the Last Jedi yeah. and all those ships late late you know he they, they lose all the bombers. Yeah, they lose yeah, most yeah. of their, their fighters. And yeah. Leia sees them. And Poe comes back. He's all excited. He took down yeah. that huge dreadnought. Yeah. And she's looking. We have nothing. We don't have anything left. Yeah, you killed our resources. Yeah, yeah. The Rebellion doesn't have an endless amount of credits at their yeah. disposal. Ships are so valuable. And Leia shows us that when she looks and they show the access to all those ships. Yeah. So how valuable is that last... Yeah. Whatever it was, that fighter that they had, that last one, yeah. she sacrificed it. Yeah. It's gone. I mean, she's gone too, but yeah. we see how important those ships are. And if yeah, we go I back in time to the Battle of Yav and everything else, they're always on the run. They're hiding on moons yeah. and planets that are full of ice. They're, yeah. they're hiding. They're on the run from this gigantic Imperial monster. Yeah, every yeah. resource, every asset they have yeah. is valuable. They're not going to think about, oh, let's we'll use them as missiles. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was that more. Uh, That's me, interesting. I like that actually. The fact that everything is an asset. I mean, I feel Leia for her, it's more about the loss of life, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if she mentions it. I can't remember that. But um, yeah, but yeah, obviously, as a as a general, she is thinking. Oh, she has to, right? As a leader, she's got to be thinking. Well, we had how many ships? Now we've got one. Yeah. You know, we are stuffed. I think that adds to. The light speed. Scene. Yeah, hold She does show us how valuable every ship is. Yeah. But she, you know, and as valuable as everyone is, Haldo knows that once those 12 ships gone. are gone, yeah. the resistance is over. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, gosh. I, I, the other, still on that same subject, I guess, but uh, some people have sort of said, oh, that would have been the perfect send off for Carrie Fisher. You know, why didn't she um, do the kamikaze thing with the light speed? Like, yeah, nobody knew she was going to die back then, right? right? That was like a year before or whatever. That, that's a ridiculous argument. If People from, are using yeah. that. Right. If what we've heard, you know, The Force Awakens was Harrison's film. Yeah. Last Jedi was Mark's film. Yeah. And from what we hear, nothing official, but we did, we were pretty much under the assumption that the episode nine, nine was Carrie's. Yeah. So there was no, no, she, she was going to have a, you know, from what yeah. we've heard, a, a big piece in that last yeah. film. Yeah. And she, you know, may still. She know. could, yeah. I'm um, glad I, she's going to be in it. Yeah, exactly. And through unused footage, yeah, I'm glad they're not sort of digitally recreating her. I think they yeah. would be doing that. It worked in that, at the end of Rogue One in that second, yeah. and, you know, hope. And yeah, like, oh. that was fine. Yeah, and, that was great. Oh. And seeing that for the first time after she had passed, because it was yeah. just around that time, it was like, yeah. oh, man. It was, I think, days before, was it? I can't remember now. Yeah, it was, I, well... I remember I saw. I think I saw it a few times before. Yeah. And then I remember, really remember seeing it in the theater just, you know, for the first time after she had passed. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, because yeah, we saw that um, at the cast and crew, and she'd gone, but uh, she died. I think at that point. So I remember we saw that, and a few people were like, sort of, you know, emotional. Just yeah, it was nice. I never really got to see her at any shows or anything. I was fortunate enough to meet her very briefly at the F8 rap party. 
but I spent more time with her dog and everybody was like more interested in Gary trying to pet him yeah so I got a little you know slobber of his can I geek out a little bit we have we have have kids so my daughter's gonna be 11 in a couple next month oh wow and as you can imagine in my house there's a lot of Star Wars yeah yeah. and I never wanted to push Star Wars on my daughter okay not you know doesn't matter you know what daddy does yeah yeah, I figured when the time's right, she'll come to me and yeah. say something. So I was getting ready to go to Anaheim for a celebration. Oh, nice. And she came up here. She said, Daddy, um, are you going to see Princess Leia in California? Oh, wow. I said, I am. She said, do you think I could get her autograph? Oh, Oh, wow. oh yes, of course you can, honey. And then I said, do you want to watch the movies with me? She was like, yeah. So she hadn't seen them? She hadn't seen the movies. She saw a couple yeah. episodes of Clone Wars, but... Yeah. I said, do you want to watch the film? And I already had a plan. I had okay, all mapped yeah, out yeah, what yeah. I was going to do. I've already got this mapped yep. out for the boy, right? As soon so, as he's a yep. You have to have a plan. I said, I said, if you want to watch them as we can, when I come back from California, we'll watch them. So what I yeah. did, um, we did one a month. Because okay. I had to wait three years in between each film growing up. Okay, so you I, created that anticipation. So I, gave, I gave, yep, gave her a month in between. So we did nice. a Friday night every month. I started with um, four. Yeah. So... So then you see everything through Luke's eyes. The aliens, yeah. the, the force, yeah. it's all new. You know, they call it the machete order. But yeah. I did four, five, went back, did one, two, three. Yes, I've heard of this order. Did, did, did Sam Whitworth come out with this one? I, there was somebody, Sam's talked a lot about it, but there yeah. was, a, I believe, a fan that came out. Oh, oh, wow. The machete okay. part is you cut episode one. That's why they call it the, the machete order. Okay. So it's four, five, then two, three. So you okay. get, they just keep... You, you take out once, you don't have Jake Lloyd as Anakin. You have okay. in less Jaja and stuff. But I, yeah. she had to see the whole thing. There's yeah. no cutting anything yeah. out. But you get that gorgeous flashback because you end, you do four or five, and then, yeah. no, I am your father. And you're, you're like, what? Then and then, you can, then you. you can go back, and now you can add the prequels as, as a flashback, essentially. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When you're watching for the first time. Yeah. Um, and then we, so I came, so we did that, and then did, so did four, five, one, two, three, yeah. six. So the only thing you lose, uh, yeah, is that right? Four, five, one, two, three, six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so then the only thing you lose is you find out that Luke and Leia are brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, just a few hours before you would otherwise. Yeah. You didn't sure. find it until the end of, but it keeps all the other secrets and. Yeah. You know, and then we ended it in October, and then December we had the Force Awakens. Oh and wow. And we went okay. right into that, so she got all caught up, and it was. Yeah, you, they can't see my smile, but that was, <laughs> you know, s- such a amazing moment because I didn't know yeah. she might have never come to me and said anything about Star Wars, and I, that yeah. been, it would have been okay. Yeah, you know, I can't make her like something, but the fact that she came up to me and, and yeah. you know, as you know, the owner of Star Wars Autograph News, what, yeah, you know, yeah, Daddy, can I have her autograph? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah of course you can. Oh wow! That's and that incredible. that show. When I got that autograph, Carrie grabbed it. I met Carrie a few times. Not, yeah. you know, there's some people that they worked with official picks. They they had great relationships with Carrie. Right. She was great with the fans. Yeah. I, I had a, a couple of just moments with her that I I will always cherish. But this one, the last time I met her yeah. at Celebration, she grabbed my hand and she says, oh, look, he's crying. And I was like, am I crying? I might, you know, I didn't oh, think I, I was. Okay. And she grabbed my hand and she wrote CF on this hand, just okay. Carrie Fisher, CF. Okay. She signed the photo for my daughter, and oh look, he's crying, and signed my hand. I was ready to chop it up and put it in a, in a box <laughs> and keep it forever. You know, and I'm a sign language interpreter, that, but that was like, I never want to touch <laughs> oh this hand God. again. Um, it, it, that was just, that was my last time with, okay. with her, and it was so, she was always, always, always just so great with the fans, and she always had Gary. And so yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. oh, even back then. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Gary, Gary would was at the shows, and yeah. I remember him in Toronto, and you know, underneath the table and stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, he. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's she's missed. She was, she was Princess Leia. Yeah. She was as big as, you know, you got Luke, Han, Leia, and yeah. she was so good to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I'm gutted. You know. Um, I never got that, you know. Uh, and there's been a few people, like Kenny Baker was another. Uh, yep. uh, we, we, my wife and I, um, you know, we've been coming to these shows. She's been signing for a couple of years now. Yeah. You know? And every time I'd see him at these things, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll come back another time. You know, I'll see him next time. I'll see him next time. And and th- now, you know, that next time isn't going to happen. And 
you know, and that's happened to me, I think, a couple of times now where I've not sort of grabbed the ball by the horns and just gone up to people and just said, hi, uh, I'm a great fan, nice to meet you, just shake their hand. I don't need, don't necessarily need the autographs, but no. just to, to talk Mutual. to them. Yes. It's and I never, you know, and Carrie Fisher was somebody who, I was that close to her and I never got, well, we couldn't, we were, it was on the bloody dance floor, man. It was so right. freaking loud, we couldn't hear anything. She shared a couple of words with um, my wife because they did a, those scenes that in fact yep. Force Awakens it was all cut eventually but it was the passing of the saber um, originally right, you see that in the, in in the, the trailer. trailer so originally right. Maz Kanata gives the trailer to was that Artie's hand? that's Artie's oh, hand yeah, yeah. yeah so I even showed Artie because they elongated all the features but I was like we, I paused it on that trailer and I was like that is your hand she's like oh CGI I was like no 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 and then I put her hand up to it I was like that's your hand and even if you know okay fine doesn't matter how CGI is at least you can say did scenes with Carrie yeah. Fisher, she was like, yeah. It's, it's what you say is so important for people, you know, in life. Yeah. You know, you don't know that tomorrow's never guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. We see that a lot in with autograph collecting, same way. Yeah. It's just another example of life. I mean, we have every autograph collector has photos probably in their collection that are unsigned that will never be signed. Yeah. And it it's always a reminder of just life is, you know, enjoy it. So and, freedom, and, right? For me, it also gives, it puts our hobby in, 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 in perspective because it's, it's at the end of the day, we're collecting scribbles on a piece of paper. Yeah. And some people take it so serious. I love it. It's how yeah. I express my fandom for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's scribbles on a piece of paper. You can't take them with you. No. To cherish those moments. Yeah. And, you know, you can't, tomorrow's ever guaranteed. You can't exactly. assume, oh, at the next show, I'll get so-and-so. Yeah. That happened to me with Richard LePamentier. He was oh. going to come to Boston. Was Actually, he? he he came to Boston, and I was here in London. So we oh, we, we talked we yeah. talked a lot on Facebook, and we chatted a lot. Yeah. And oh, we missed each other. I was like, oh, I'll see you in Rhode Island. He was coming yeah. to Rhode Island, which is uh, forty-five minutes from my home. Yeah. And he uh, he passed away a few months before. That's it. It's you know you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you see, you know, you're saying you know they they are to some people they are scribbles, but I guess to you and I. They're more than that, right? They're, they're actually, they're moments. They're sort of cherished moments with an individual that we admire. Yes. And, you know, and whether that is somebody that we have no real connection with, maybe it's somebody we see on a TV screen, or whether it's a friend, or whether it's a family member, it doesn't matter. Just if you've got people like that in your life that you are, you know, that you cherish, obviously we don't Don't, to, don't wait till tomorrow to tell yeah. them how you feel about exactly. that. Exactly. I, you know, what you just said, I just said that this morning to, to Katie. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's very new. I said, you know, most autograph, when I talk to people in my social media accounts, most of them, you know, they're Star Wars fans first, autograph collectors second. Yeah. And more, more often than not, they say that autograph is simply a memento, a, a memory of that yeah. time I was this close yeah. to someone who helped bring Star Wars to life. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're Luke Skywalker or you're a Stormtrooper, what? Yeah. You. We love Star Wars, so it's so important to us. Yeah. Whatever your role was, yeah. uh, how many roles you had, to, to be in your presence, it's, it's special. It's, it's yeah. you know, so the autograph is a memento. It, yeah. That was the time I was with Adi. That was the time I was with yeah. Mark. It, you know, and we cherish yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, of course, sentimentally, it is much more than yeah. a scribble, but yeah. sometimes we take it too seriously. Yeah, there's yeah. that too, right? Yeah. We've got to have fun. Yes. Frank. Thank you so much for talking to me, buddy. Oh, uh, thanks for giving me a chance to uh, express <laughs> my Star Wars. Yeah, usually I'm only talking about autographs. So it was nice to talk about just my so, love of Star Wars yeah. with you. So, you know, thank it's great you, to talk to another fan. Thanks, buddy. Oh, thank you. Uh, safe travels. Back. Oh, when do you go back. I go back tomorrow afternoon. Oh god. So I'll fly okay. back at two. Wicked. Be back in Boston, and hopefully the Red Sox will win the World Series. They Red Sox baseball. Baseball. See, yes. I know that. Yes. I knew that. Oh, see, I'm I'm a I'm a football. Uh, Sports, complete dum dum when it comes to sport. Uh, Even though everybody else around me is mad into it, but yeah, cool. Thank you so much, uh, man. Thanks, man. Take it. Alright. Uh, I'm here with Angus McInnes. Hi. Uh, you most of you will remember him as being gold leader in A New Hope, and then you gold leader again. In gold Germany. leader again, yeah, twice. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, in Rogue One. Thank you for talking to me. I know you're. In a, uh, I know it's the end of the day, so um, I won't keep you for too long. Tell me when. Okay, so the original film. You obviously f uh, shot a lot of footage, huh? Well, there wasn't that much footage, but 
when they came to do Rogue One, they yeah. wanted to use footage from the first picture, yeah. from a picture called Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I've heard is, of it. Which is now called New Hope. Yeah. And so they incorporated that, but they needed new dialogue, so I revoiced it. Did you? And then we had a completely new scene. And oh 40 years apart, we have the same character playing the same role, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the same things in two films separated by 40 years. That's it is pretty really quite remarkable. I'll tell you what, um, that moment, like there were a lot of mo amazing moments in Rogue One for me. But then mm. when I saw you guys, I was like, oh, wait a second, that's, wait, no, that yeah. can't be. Is that CGI? Is that what? what? And then, you know, yeah, it's one yeah. of those things where I frantically went away and started reading up on it. And, it wasn't until later I found out that they used so was it unused footage or did they just repurpose the same footage I'm not absolutely certain okay. I know they repurposed quite a lot of the yeah. original footage but there may have been a clip or two in there yeah. from archive I have no idea Okay. but um, I think what's most interesting about Rogue One is the way the through line of the art direction Yeah. it has the same feel it does. of the 1976 pictures so that's a, a remarkable achievement, and to still make it valid for an audience today, and that yeah. was fantastic. So, have how has your because um, you're on the convention circuit? Yeah, I mean we're at a convention right now. All the people that are coming up to you, are they? What are that? What kind of things are they asking you? Are they talking a lot about Rogue One then? Or oh yeah, I mean almost everybody incorporates it because I think Rogue One has been incorporated into the first movie in a, in a mm. weird sense. In fact. From what I understand, people have got, there is online, yeah. uh, Rogue One and A New Hope has been married together. And it's oh, okay. almost seamless, apparently. You can't tell the difference between one and the other. Yeah. So, so people are always interested in the process and how things like that happen. And yeah. it's always good to tell people that. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. part of my job. Yeah. Oh man, it must. Um, so, did you get a massive thrill when you saw yourself back? Yeah. In well, you were expecting it. I didn't realize you'd ADR some. Well, I mean, it's one thing. To, I, I knew I did it. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I didn't know where it was going to appear in the movie. Yeah. And when I saw it, and where it appeared, I just said, "Yeah, yeah. that's the <laughs> right place. That's perfect." It was absolutely wonderful. It was oh. exhilarating. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just as much for us as well. As oh, fans. good. Good. Angus, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, great pleasure. Cheers, buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, I'm chatting now uh, with some Star Wars guests. Uh, Ross Sandbridge, who in Last Jedi did uh, Snoke. Uh, he was the body for Snoke. And on Solo, he was one of the Wookiees. Uh, and I'm also with Attila Vajda, who played Sagwa in Solo, the... Uh, the amazing Wookiee that um, gives a little, you know, the headbutt thing, the passing moment with with uh, Chewbacca. Guys, hello. Hello. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm Attila. I'm playing the Sagwa in uh, the Kekusagwa in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, it's it's a pl pleasure to to having talking with you. Thank you, man. The pleasure is. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but the pleasure is always mine. Ross, welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you much, Steve. Thank you. It's been an actual pleasure to be here. An honour to do uh, uh, my my first con here at the MCM. So, oh, really? yeah. In fact, uh, to actually have it with Attila as well, and it's like, uh, it's a great show. It's, it's been fantastic. Hello. Hi. Yeah. 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 Lovely We're just saying bye to Katie Cartwheel, who played Rio. Um, yeah. No. It's, and just the fact that. It's, Half the fun of all, actually, no, most of the fun of doing this yeah. is to see children's faces when they go, <laughs> when they see the characters that they see on the screen, yeah. they see them in person, they see the people playing them, yeah. um, kids and adults alike, they smile, they laugh, they, they really enjoy it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to get back. Yeah, uh, I bet, I bet. Tell her, is that what you found? Is this, this is your first show? Uh, yes, this is my first role uh, as uh, any, any movie. Um, Working, I, I I never work in in, uh, in a movie industry. Uh, I just came to London in 2014, and uh, I wanted to get in, involved in this in this industry somehow, some yeah. way. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to get in contact with uh, the right people who know this in industry. And now, luckily, I made a lot of uh, connections, a lot of friends, 
who actually understand this. This is my, actually my very first MCM Comic Con also. And uh, yeah, I'm just taking it in. I'm, I'm learning and I'm, yeah, it's, it's a great, great experience. So uh, Attila, I mean, your background, so you were saying, you know, this is your first film. What, uh, what is your background? Um, I was a basketball player since I started basketball in 2016, uh, sorry, 1996, yeah, okay. And uh, I finished in uh, 2014. And then, uh, yeah, I, I mostly played, uh, played bas basketball as a pro. Uh, before that, I did some martial arts, boxing. So I can say I'm, I'm some sort of a sports person. Yeah. So actually, yeah, this is my, uh, this is my background. I did play it in, in Hungary, in Romania, uh, France a bit also. I did have the chance to go into the USA uh, in nine. I did have the chance, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I got an invitation uh, from Tumwater High School from Seattle, Washington State, in, back in 1998. But uh, actually, in my country was after the communism, so it was very difficult to go out from the country. I did, I did everything it's possible to go, but it just, it just didn't happen, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, you know, for one of a better cliche, uh, all things come to those who wait, right? And now, you yeah. know, now you're in Star Wars. Yes, so, exactly. There you go. Yes, now, now I got involved in Star Wars and I, I, I got to meet uh, amazing people like, like Ross and uh, uh, Matt Taylor and Paul Davis. Uh, we are the four Wookiees, four brothers. Amazing. And uh, we, we also keep in touch after the, after the, the shootings. That's so, uh, you know, uh, we are, we are, I'm, I'm planning and I'm hoping to do amazing stuff to get in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ross, so, yeah, so you both were Wookiees in Solo on the planet being liberated. Um, Ross, what is your background then? Are you actually, are you a, an actor? Are you a trained actor? Are you... Uh, I've, I started off doing acting 18 years ago on wow, various okay. like TV programs and things and then, okay. uh, I've got a family member who was in uh, the original Tomb Raider. Oh wow! And, okay, uh, cool. So they kind of got introduced me to say like there's a there's a agency that needs more people. So I joined up, and then uh, a little while later I was doing like TV things, and then um, four years ago I joined another agency, and the first thing I did with was the Star Wars. Really. Oh, so, fantastic! Uh, it was fantastic, and in fact, so not only with being being a, being a fellow Wookiee with Attila, uh, I was lucky enough to be uh, the body double for. Supreme Leader Snoke in the last year. Amazing. They didn't have to cut you in half. I mean, it's nice to see that you're yeah, in one piece. Yeah, they're back together. <laughs> how many, okay, tell me seriously, how many times have you had that joke? Um, Just this weekend alone? Yeah, you can split the number of people into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but it's, 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 it's what they build. Nobody's going to like the film, but I, it's, well, if it makes it, if it, it's a film that everyone talks about. And yeah. it's, it's a film that inspires and intrigues people. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. If it incites any kind of conversation, uh, it's doing something right. Okay, where should we go from here? Because this is what happens when you don't plan things, yeah? So you kind of like, we try and freestyle, and then you come across little roadblocks. Uh, what should we talk about? Well, uh, the fact is that also, uh, I'm actually a director of the Tall Persons Club. What? I'm actually, yeah, there's a tall person's club uh, you know, in, in, for GB and Island. Okay. And it's been going for 27 years. And for five <laughs> of those years, almost five years, I've uh, been a director of it. Incredible. Uh, and, yeah. And it's an extra thing. It's all on the website and everything. And, okay. Uh, what, what is the website? In case people are, want to check it out. www.tallclub.co.uk. Tallclub.co.uk. I can't join, can I? Five foot four. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, equal opportunities in the workplace. Yeah. There've been so many. There've been actually been so many tall people this weekend. So yeah. it's, just, it's nice the fact that they're all, they're all getting a lot more tall people. Yeah. And not really know about the tall person's club. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. It's, it's 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 nice to be tall. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know, unfortunately. Oh. But yes, yeah. you guys are tall. Another probably lame question, but I have to ask because I don't know how tall are you, Attila? Yeah, uh, I am six foot eight. Uh, this is actually since I was playing basketball. Yeah. This is actually my first time when I am around tall people again. Okay. And this is yeah. a very good. Uh, it's a very good moment to be. Oh. Uh, yeah, I am six foot eight, and Ross is. Uh, I'm I'm seven foot one. 
Hell. Seven foot one. Uh, Peter Mayhew was that tall? He's, I think, seven three was Peter wow. Mayhew. Wow, okay. So we've talked a bit about your backgrounds. Um, I guess it would be a bit remiss if we didn't speak about Star Wars. Tell me about it. Attila. Yeah, uh, I actually, I came in London uh, with my, in my mind to get involved in this industry. I signed it up with Universal Extras. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, pretty much this is how I got involved. In the, okay. I got, I got a, a call uh, for an audition. Uh, I didn't know how, where, what, uh, what was for uh, the audition. And uh, this is, as I, uh, I learned in, in, a, in a short while, that actually it was for a Wookiee. Okay. And, uh, and not just any Wookiee. Uh, yeah, Sagwa. for Sagwa, yeah, exactly, yes. And this is just an amazing, uh, just an amazing experience. I, I got I got to know a lot a lot of people like uh, I, I couldn't believe I'm I'm on set with uh, Ron Howard and uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm on set I'm I'm seeing Chewbacca and I'm seeing uh, Woody Harrelson as Beckett and, mm. uh, and all these great names so it was it was an, an amazing experience. But it was uh, I, I imagine like even I would have been quite starstruck. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Yeah. And now I'm starstruck seeing you right I mean uh, like yeah. I see you okay. I'm like, yeah. Well, uh, I'm getting I'm getting to learn stuff still, mm -hmm. and uh, I I already bought every book I can okay. about Solo, and okay. uh, I'm I'm starting to watch all the all the movies, all the original movies about yeah. Star Wars from the from first ep episode to, to the last one, okay. and I'm still waiting for the nine also. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I want to learn everything because it's, it's a huge it's a huge universe, and yeah. uh, it's it's uh, so much details. So uh, there, it's it's gonna take a while to. Well, you got one understand. week, okay? One week, one and week, I'm gonna yeah. send you an exam paper. <laughs> okay. 150 questions. Okay, all essay, great. All essay okay, questions. Yeah. Yep. Then, uh, I hope I hope they're not not gonna be so hard. So. <laughs> oh, they're gonna be pretty difficult. Okay. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm going to work on it. <laughs> Ross, um, mm. please tell us a little bit about uh, your time as Snoke and obviously in the in the guise of a Wookiee. Well, likewise with Attila, when, we, when you go down to the uh, studios, you're not quite sure what you're actually going to be. So when I walked into the studio and uh, I said, put the, put the gold outfit on, uh, and then put it on, and then Ryan Johnson walked into the uh, into the studio and went, yeah, you must be our Snoke. So I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Then getting on the, on the stage, sitting in the throne for the first time, and Daisy Ridley walking on the, on the set with... Yeah. Um, Donald Gleeson and uh, then Andy Serkis it was like oh my god I really am on a Star Wars set and yeah. I had a bit of a tear in my eye and everything so but sitting there throwing and going this is pretty darn cool yeah uh, and then um, just seeing all the like the Terrian guards fighting in front of me and uh, yeah. oh, of course so, okay so all of that was choreographed yeah and happening yeah. Oh, right yeah. in front of you um, there was a, the amazing stunt crew yeah. and the stunt crew the uh, stunt double for uh Daisy was just throwing around the place and it was like wow it's just it's, it's all amazing it really was yeah. um and I don't think they actually made a word how I felt you know? yeah right and then um then when they did the like choreography for the, for the lightsaber being thrown in like into, into Snoke's hand it was just did it in reverse you're so right like, okay yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. To, that, to hold an actual lightsaber was quite nice even though I was an evil guy it was yeah. Bad, the baddie, right? Well, yeah, the no, baddie. he's supreme leader. Yeah. So, but every it's just um, it's amazing, and they didn't just like to be in that gold, gold costume, and yeah. to uh, to then meet Mark Hamill uh, yeah. on set dressed as Snoke. <laughs> it was was surreal. Yeah, uh, but... you know, and it was it was saying, like, yeah, we don't often get to see the bad guys. Yeah, and. Um, it was like just an honour to be on, on, on set with all these lovely, lovely people. Well, it's know. been an honour to talk to both of you. Yeah. But I must say, though, the uh, Neil Scanion and everyone at um, mm. the Creature Crew yeah. are the be one of the, well, if not the best uh, people in the industry. I mean, uh, Tilly will agree that uh, seeing, our, seeing ourselves as Wookiees for the very first time, yeah. you know, we were like, such a joy um we have become such a brotherhood since yeah. since the, even the film being released yeah. we do stay in contact and it's it's something that will always always be with us 
and uh, no one can ever take our memories away from us. Yeah. And this, uh, and, the, and the fact coming to these shows and doing these, uh, meet, doing doing things where signings and meeting mm-hmm. with people, it's just the best. So long may it continue. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks, chaps. And just like that, it was over. Big thanks to John Peters Management and the MCM event organizers for the hookup. Uh, It's always a great show. And stay tuned for that follow-up with Ross that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. So till the next time, uh, bye-bye.